0: Hi, this is Seth Payne. I played a long time in the NFL, and now I talk about it three times a week on the Deceptively Fast podcast. I bring you the biggest football stories in a lighthearted but in-depth manner, but also the world of health and fitness and a bunch of interviews with successful people from all walks of life. You're going to hear from current players and coaches as well as my former teammates and experts from the national media. Subscribe today. It's the Deceptively Fast podcast on radio.com.
1: Welcome back to Orlando, Florida, live from spring training. The spring training show brought to you by Atlanta Peach Movers. There's no tree in our name. My name's Andy Bunker alongside Brian Jordan and Joe Patrick. Now, when we're done in an hour, we're headed right over to to the game. The Braves have two games today. We're going Mm -hmm. to the home game, game. right? I got the lineup for the away game. Pretty solid lineup to, to get a look at today. Albies leading off, Culberson batting second. Acuna batting third, followed by McCann, Austin Riley, Florimon, Ortega, and Kazmar. Tuki Toussaint pitching in that game. Uh, the home game against the Astros also featuring a, a pretty interesting lineup. We also have some updates regarding some of our, our injured pitchers, yeah. and for that, we go over to the update desk with Joe Patrick, our 92-9 the game Braves insider.
0: And, and we had a question about this, so it works out perfectly. Lon Johnson was just asking about Mike Soroka's status. Uh, Dave O'Brien from the Athletics said that he's through he- – is probably actually throwing live batting practice as we speak right now, um, which is the first time he's really thrown live since the first week of camp where he, he was sidelined with a sore shoulder. So he's getting back into it. Same with Fulton Nevitz. He threw some aside session, So, But these guys are really just starting it right at the baseline, so they're going to take some time to get built up. Uh, probably won't see them until late April. Uh, that that kind of time range. So, um, and then also uh, Minter and O'Day, kind of in the same category. Those guys are just you know they're not going to be available for opening day, but but they're they're improving and, and starting to get get that runway again. Mm-hmm.
1: How does that work, Brian? If if you're in that, especially where Fulte is, I think Soroka is a little bit more murky. We don't really know exactly what's going on with his arm, but Fulte is close enough. They say, um, you know, if he was a bullpen pitcher, if he was a reliever, that we were told he'd probably be good to go for Opening Day. He's not. Obviously, they, they're going to demand more of him uh, than that in terms of innings pitched. How would you handle this with Fulte? He's obviously the number one guy on the staff. How careful can can they be, and how careful should they be with Fulte?
2: Well, you got to be careful. Uh, You know the potential that he has. Uh, He he showed us last year that he's taking that step forward to being that number one guy in the rotation for Atlanta. I had a chance to talk to him on Friday in the locker room, you know, sort of offline. And, you know, I just asked him straight up, man, how are you feeling? You you know, can you be ready if needed be? Or are they just going to take their time? And he said, look, Brian, I I feel good. Uh, I'm thrown. Uh, I could be ready, but. They're not going to rush me, and so I expect him to probably be back about mid-April. He may miss his first possible second start, yeah. but uh, we'll probably see him in, at the end of the month. So he's, he's not bad, but you got to be careful with a guy like Fulton Everett, your number one pitcher.
0: And again, to go back to what we've talked about a lot in this show, Kyle Wright, Bryce yeah. Wilson, these guys, there's no yeah. reason to rush a guy like Fulton Evers when you have these young, talented arms that can fill in for a short of and time. And as a
2: general manager, it gives you – more of a chance to evaluate these guys in the big leagues mm-hmm. to see, huh, are they really ready to take on the challenge of a 162-game season in the big leagues? And I, I really, truly believe we'll see a Kyle Wright, you know, jump in there for a couple of starts and intense evaluation on him until Fulton Nevich mm-hmm. is back. Same with Tukey. I mean, is he ready? Last year, I believe he's ready. I mean, his demeanor showed us a lot last year coming up being thrown in some tough situations, some key games. And with him, he attacked the strike zone. He did everything he was supposed to do and more in my eyes. So I think he's ready to go. Max Fried got a lot of time in the big leagues last year, pitched in some big situations. He had his struggles, but uh, I think he's ready. He's pitched great so far in spring training. So. The good thing about the Braves, they have so many options and give credit to Alex Anthopoulos not trading these guys away in the offseason and coming into the season, being able to evaluate these guys and really make a decision on these young guys. Should we trade this guy or the other guy for a potential key starter or back in rotation guy? Early in a season,
0: and I think that kind of plays into one of the questions that one of the uh, the people who tweeted us had earlier, which was you know about trading for these guys, and and you don't want to block the path of not just their potential, but as you said, just the evaluation process, yes. of being able to see what these guys can give you. You don't you want to wait and know what you have before you start trading it away. You know you don't want to give away too much. And that's too the soon. mistake
2: a lot of general managed managers make. You know they think about now, now, now instead of saying. Let's give them a true evaluation because the last thing a general manager wants to do is give away a talent and they go somewhere else and they blossom and be this great player because it reflects on your evaluation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I know Alex has done a great job of that, man. He he's not going to be in a rush to get rid of talent. He's going to truly see who can help us in the future. And then he'll make
1: that decision. He also seems to be a guy, Alex Anthopoulos, that is, that, that goes about his process with limited ego. Like, it's it's best. hard to find people in sports like that. But you mentioned this earlier, Joe, about when you, you come in as a new general manager and you take over a regime that already exists, you bring in – new guys, new managers, uh, new new front office people, new coaching staff, new players sometimes. So for Anthopolis to have an open mind towards Brian Snitker and allow him to prove himself and keep him here, I think speaks volumes. I think you could say the same thing about the list of prospects because a lot of general managers would come in and say, you know what, I didn't draft these guys. I didn't scout these guys. It's not, it's not me that put this together. I'm going to move them and bring in guys to help me win. Now, he hasn't really done that. He's been really... Discerning with with how he's gone about dealing with uh, with the minor league system, and I, I think that's a credit to his his humility and his realization that he inherited a really good situation with that with the farm system.
2: Well, the good thing about Alex is he's approachable, and he's a guy that's going to be honest and tell you what he can. Mm-hmm. And and for the most part, that's all you want from a general manager. You know, the Braves in the past, you know, not to knock the regime. But they were always secretive. You never knew what was going on. But Alex is willing to talk to you about anybody. And I think when we brought him over here, he gave himself a year to truly evaluate what he had. And he'll tell you, he was so blessed to be able to come into a situation where we have so much talent in the leagues. Mm-hmm. And I think he's blown away by so much talent. And you know, if you want to be successful, if you want to build that that Legacy, in a sense, uh, you have to have the best minor league system, and the Braves are right at the top as far as their minor league system.
0: And something I think Alex Anthopoulos deserves credit for that he doesn't get credit for, in my opinion, enough, is that how steadfast he is in his vision of this team and how he kind of leads the organization – you know, he's received a lot of criticism for for be, for not moving these guys and being patient right. and, and, and and going through this process. But, you know, he takes it. He says, I, I'll take that criticism, and I'm going to do what I think is best for the club. And I think that you have to give him a lot of credit for not kind of succumbing to a lot of that pressure. You
2: know, the great thing I heard the other day, and I think Snick said it uh, earlier in the week or earlier this month, the best trade sometimes is, what you don't do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think Alex Anthopoulos' is, his, his mindset is, I hear you fans, but I'm going to do the right thing for longevity and future for the Atlanta Braves. And you got to give them a lot of credit, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no sense in giving up your your farm. We've seen so many organizations do that, and, and they win one season, and then they go downhill. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen the Florida Marlins do it. We've seen a lot of organizations do it. And I – He's one that wants to build. He wants to return to the 90s of the Braves, you know, winning every year, bringing the
1: fans back in the stadium, and uh, he has the talent to do that. Now, we, uh, we got a chance to speak to Brian Snitker yesterday. One of the moves that Alex Anthopoulos made this offseason was to bring in Josh Donaldson on a one-year contract, but you know, obviously a lot of potential, um, not a lot of risk given that it's only a one-year deal. We'll let you hear the full conversation with Brian Snitker coming up in about 10 minutes. One of the things that Snit told us about, though, or talked to us about was about Josh Donaldson.
3: You know, he's back on the on the radar now and he's playing third base and, and he's going to add unbelievable presence, number one in our lineup and, and number two in the clubhouse. I mean, this is a, a veteran guy that has a pedigree.
1: Yeah, that's a huge part of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially with all these young guys. We're talking about a ton of prospects coming up to the big leagues. And Freddie Freeman's on the roster. That That's important. He's a veteran presence. Josh Donaldson brings a different type of attitude, though, I feel. Right, Brian? We were talking yesterday about some guys that you've been on teams with, locker room guys that you've been on teams with that maybe had an edge about them. Right. That was a little different <laughs> at yeah. times. Donaldson seems like that type of guy.
2: You know, he... He brings an intensity that the Braves need. Uh, you got a bunch of young guys with so much energy, but then you have a focus and intensity when you look at Josh Donaldson. This guys he's been there. He's done it in his career, and he loves talking baseball, and that's something that's gone away from the game. When I go into clubhouses now, the guy's are on their phone, you know, but he's in there talking baseball. Who are we going to see this week as far as starting pitchers? Let's see how we're going to attack this guy. Younger guys are starting to take notice of that, and that you know now, you know he bringing back the old school baseball in the sense that the Braves won from, and that's what Alex Anthopoulos knew he was getting when he signed him to one year deal. It's all about relationships, and Alex Anthopoulos, Josh Donaldson had a great relationship in Toronto, so he knows this guy inside out, and to give him a chance, one year chance to come back and kind of regrow himself, that's what Donaldson wants, and I believe he's going to have a fantastic year because he know he wants another contract Exactly, yeah.
1: Well, you said he loves talking baseball. He talked the other day after uh, one of the spring training games that he played in about being able to play with Freddie Freeman.
0: Today I was able to, you know, be challenged a little bit defensively, moving side to side, coming in on some balls, throwing from different arm angles. And today was the first uh, take that I got to uh, – to, to see if the gold glove Freddie Freeman over at first base so you know it's it's nice to to have that guy over there
1: yeah it is we actually got an example of that yesterday there was a strikeout right mm-hmm. uh, but the the, the, the the catcher dropped the ball, so he goes to throw it to first, and Austin Riley's playing first. Nothing against Austin Riley, but he goes to scoop it. Didn't quite make the play. Freddie probably makes that play. Easy. It's nice to have Freddie at first base. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right, Uh, We'll come back and let you hear more from Brian Snitker. We uh, spent a good chunk of time chatting with him yesterday before the Braves played the Red Sox. uh, Braves have a split squad games today, so they got two games for us to go cover uh, later on this afternoon. We're here with you until noon on the Spring Training Show. Brought to you by Atlanta Peach Movers. There's no tree in our name we'll be right back sports radio 92.9 the game welcome back to the spring training show live from orlando florida live from braves spring training brought to you by atlanta peach movers there's no tree in our name my name's andy bunker alongside joe patrick and brian jordan with you only for uh, a couple more segments only until noon i don't know guys it feels like uh feels like th- this show is flying by i know we've covered a lot of topics but i don't know how it's possible that there's only two segments left I thought we just started, man. I know. I mean, I'm ready to get going. It's yeah. crazy. That's a good thing, though. Guys. I think it is. Man, I think it's a it good is, thing. Really yeah, good. I think it's a good thing. Now, there's still plenty to get to, and we will. Um, coming up in 20 minutes, we'll make sure we run through all of the, the headline stories that we need to touch on before noon. Um, We'll also get you updated on everything that's going on today, because there are two baseball games going on today. We're going to head over to the home game, um, but of course get you coverage from, from both of those games. And we'll be back tomorrow night as well. I do want to give people uh, that information. Tomorrow night from 7 to 11, the, the regular hours of my show, the Bunker Mentality, will actually be the spring training show with the three of us again. So if we don't feel like we had enough today, well, we got four more hours tomorrow night. <laughs> if you've missed any of what we've done today, however, you can head over to our website, 92, nine, All of the segments, all of the interviews are posted on the bunker mentality page. So you don't have to have missed any of it. Um, one other thing, If you have questions, you can send them to us on Twitter at uh, at 92.9thegame. We will be answering a handful of those in our final segment as well. But before we do anything else, we wanted to give you an opportunity to listen to our conversation with Brian Snitker from yesterday, the manager of the Braves. Uh, We were talking with him on the field during batting practice before they played yesterday he was very generous with his time which was fantastic he was very open with his answers and if you have not heard the conversation we will allow you to hear it now all of our interviews by the way from spring training exclusively presented by atlanta peach movers there is no tree in our name here is brian Snitker from yesterday afternoon <laughs>
2: Well, Snick, you know, you guys win the division last year. I'm here with Brian Snicker, uh, manager of at the Atlanta Braves. You know, last year, no expectations. You go into spring training, the uh, guys are having fun. You guys are trying to figure out the young guys, and uh, they go out and win a
3: division. You know, how's it been different this year coming into this spring training? Well, y- good question. Um, and it's kind of, I talked to the uh, the team my first, my first speech that I had with them, and I said, you know, a year ago we were sitting here, we didn't know what to expect, and we were running around hoping to win. We come to camp this year kind of came off the radar to win the division. We had some young guys that really kind of found themselves. And now we expect to win. We're expected to win. And, you know, somebody asked me about that. And it's like, so we've been working towards. You know, we've been grinding this thing for the last four or five years trying to put ourselves in this position. And um, it's not going to be easy. It never is. I told the guy, man, this work, it's only, we've only started, really. Um, we're just, you know, at the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, we're still young. We're still we're still growing, maturing as a team. Guys are still, because I always say, that, you know, there's layers, I think, to peel off to be a major leaguer. Mm-hmm. And we, we peeled a layer off last year, but we're not done peeling yet. and um, So we still got a lot of work to do. Um, but guys came to camp. As I told them, it's like, remember how good that felt when that last out was made and we clinched the division mm-hmm. and how hard and how much work it took to get there. And But they came, man, guys have been enthusiastic. The intensity has been off the charts. The work ethic has been just phenomenal, and um, I think, you know, I see guys dedicating themselves to become a better player.
1: Is that sort of the the standard for this year knowing I mean talking about the the last out making the playoffs winning the division is that where it starts going into 2019 Yeah I mean you know I don't think
3: anybody's going to pick us to repeat I mean after what everybody did in the division but I say too you know we got to play the games that's you know we went into this thing a year ago and knowing that we had to play the games and um, I think everybody's excited about getting the season going and, and uh, kind of seeing where we stack up cuz we you know we feel very good we're a year older we had some some good additions that uh, that were added uh, to our ball club in the offseason, and I think everybody to a man feels like that we've. You know we're gonna win the division again. Well, speaking of those additions,
2: you got Donaldson from Toronto, and I know Alex Anthopoulos and him have a good relationship. How
3: how has he looked so far in spring training? He's been great. I mean, he's um, we kind of slow played him a little coming in because he had hurt his calf last year in spring training, and and um, so he's been doing a lot of extra work and the conditioning. Um, he's back. You know, he's back on the on the radar now, and he's playing third base, and and he's going to add unbelievable presence. Number one. Our lineup and and number two in the clubhouse. I mean, this is a, a veteran guy that has a pedigree. Well, speaking of Donaldson, Camargo. And he had
2: an excellent year in the second half of the season. I know a lot of fans expected him to come back and be an everyday player. What's going to be his role this year?
3: Well, he's going to be that super utility guy, and we'll move him around. And, you know, when you have a guy like that, because guys get nicked up and guys may have to miss two weeks, and we know that this kid can go in and, and play all over the diamond and, and do it really well and uh, for an extended period. So, again, you know, he's another young guy that that's been gonna, it's being asked to assume a different role than he had last year. Um, you know, it was a situa- two years ago, three years ago, I remember we moved him around the Diamond in spring training thinking that probably that would be where he um, where he profiled. And um, so it's just, you know, i got to try and keep him as active as I can because, like you say, the kid got a lot of big hits for us last year. Mm-hmm. Played an unbelievable third base been um, just and had a really solid year. I looked at the end of the year thinking, where are we going to go get this guy? You know, so uh, to his credit, he's come, worked his tail off, been just Upbeat, great—you know—understanding, um, understanding where he is on our ball club, and you know he's another kid that he's just all about winning.
1: We talk a lot about. Additions and differences, but I think we sort of forget to remember that Ronald Acuna wasn't on the opening day roster last year. He came later, obviously had the year that he had. But what what are you expecting from him? Like, how realistic is it for fans to, to be looking at Ronald this year as the the guy that he can be? <laughs> well, he he can be that guy, that's for sure. Um, I'm not expecting anything. I'm not
3: going to do that to myself or to him. Um, this is a very talented young man, and um, you know he I watched him. The thing is so impressive. About him, how the, the adjustments he made when he came, um, and then I think he saw really quick that some adjustments that he needed to make. He did it, you know. I, at the end of the year, I look at his numbers, and, and it blows me away because I was there and watched all of it, and still didn't realize how good it was. Um, but he's had a really good camp. Obviously, he's, he's swinging that bat really well. Um, playing, you know, he and Ey have been really working their tail off in the outfield, and because uh, you know, I, and that's like I talked to him. It's like he can get better. I mean, he's not a finished product either. I mean, he still growing still learning again how to be a major leaguer um, he's not gonna sneak up on anybody anymore they're gonna game plan they're gonna you know they're gonna watch a lot of video and they're gonna be ready for him and that's again some of the layers that you peel off and becoming that major leaguer that you want to be I know
2: health-wise, is always a concern of any manager. And uh, you you look at Fulton Nevis and you look at Dansby Swanson coming back from an injury. What's the progress on those guys?
3: Well, Dansby's been great. You know, he's back and just one of the guys now. I mean, we kind of put him through a little regimented... um, A regimented... uh, See or uh, program. Um, his wrist feels good. He looks great. I mean, I love his at bats. He's playing really good defense, and I think you know you're going to see a different Dansby just because the, the kid's um, he's healthy again. And um, Fulte is still just he's just tossing. He's going to throw a bullpen tomorrow. Um, so he got set behind. I mean, he's going to be behind, and, and um, we're going to have to build him back up. So, um, you know, that's tough when probably your projected opening day starter goes down. And, and um, But, it, you know, it's one of the things. Everybody deals with it. We're not the only ones that have to deal with that kind of thing, and, and we have a lot of really good young depth that we're going to probably tap
1: into, and, and uh, we'll be okay. I know it probably makes for difficult decisions, but it has to be fun, too, all the young pitchers that are competing for those fourth and fifth starting spots. No, it is.
3: I say you need that depth. Um, And I told the guys, like somebody, you might all not go north with us, but you're going to pitch here. We're going to need them all. You know, that's the thing. I mean, you try and get as many guys stretched out as you can. Because as we saw, we used 33 pitchers last year. Ten guys made their major league debut on our staff last year. Um, So, you know, and it's going to be a lot of youth and a lot of young guys that we're going to need to tap into in our minor leagues to, to get this thing done today, or this
1: year. Great stuff from Brian Snicker yesterday. Uh, thanks again to him for, for giving us the time that he did pregame. And we also talked to him postgame as well. We were we were chatting with Brian Snicker all day long yesterday. I imagine we'll probably get a chance to talk to him again later today or tomorrow as we are bringing you the spring training show live from Orlando uh, presented by Atlanta Peach Movers. There's no tree in our name. There's a lot of conversations in there from Snit. One of the things I really liked that he said was, as a team and as individuals, we're peeling off layers to try to reveal who we are, try to figure out what the next step is for Ronald Acuna to take the step that everyone wants him to make. um, And, and Brian Jordan, you, you know, as well as anybody, I don't even know if people realize this, how intimately, you know, what an MVP season looks like being that you batted behind Chipper the year. He won the MVP. You batted behind Mark McGuire the year that he hit 70 home runs. Like, I don't, that, and we, got the MVP. And we don't yeah. talk about that enough, okay? like Brian <laughs> Jordan is the key. I think if if uh, if Acuna really wanted to win the MVP, they need to sign you back and bat you right behind Th- him. That's what they need to do, I'm telling <laughs> you. No. But if they don't do that, what does Acuna
2: need to do in order to, to make sure that he takes that next step? Just be himself, man. I mean, this kid has so much talent. He loves to play the game. He wants to be the best out there. And that's that's the key. When you got a kid with that much confidence and he wants to be the best, wants to be MVP, he can go out there and do it. I mean, and the great thing about him is he has such a good relationship with Albies, who is another guy I feel like has that potential to be an MVP Mm -hmm. from both sides of the plate. He's going to make some adjustments this year. We saw him struggle a little bit in the second half last year, but he's excited about being able to bounce back. So they're pushing each other, man, And, and I love watching those guys on the field push each other to get better so that's just going to make the braves lineup better and
0: i and i love the way that brian snicker manages the situation of of letting these guys i like his analogy of peeling back the onion because it's not like he's chopping through it trying to get to the trying to get to the core right away and 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 find out what these players can do in an instant you know he's he's letting them develop he's taking it slowly you know and he talked about you know um, what kind of you know expectations you might have for Acuna? He's not putting any expectations. And I think part of that is because he doesn't want to set any limits on him. You know, it's right, like right. let him develop into whatever he's going to be, and just let it come step by step, layer by layer, and, and expose the players that they are, and and it lets them play with a passion and a, and an energy and an expression that a lot of other guys don't get to play with.
1: There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like we we sometimes hear about the unwritten rules and, and playing the game certain type of way. There's a lot of different personalities in the Braves' locker room. There are guys that play very... I, I don't know. Buttoned up, I suppose, would be a way to put it. You know, don't show your emotions as much. And then there's guys like Acuna and Are Albies You talk about Nick Markakis. Sure, Markakis. Mark, <laughs> you don't see a whole lot from Markakis. Just Higgins. go ahead and say it. Andy, right. <laughs> Nick Markakis does not show any
2: emotion. Right. I love the guy because he plays the game, sure. the right way. But there's nothing wrong with that either. No, Just being not. yourself, right? right. That's right. that's the right. key. Right. That's that is the key right there. Allowing guys to be them. Do you, and that's what Snick <laughs> yeah. tells these guys. Just do you. Whatever your personality is, show it. Don't be afraid to put your hand up in the air and how Acuna crossed the plate and looks up to the sky. The and- gold flying yeah, everywhere. Exactly. Just have fun, man. That's what fans want to see, yeah. man. Yep. We haven't seen that in a long time in, in the past Braves, you know. Now we're starting to see that excitement come back and guys show their emotions. And, you know, nothing against fans other players, but to me, a winning team shows the most in Boston, the Dodgers, those guys are not afraid to go out there and get the fans pumped up, mm-hmm. and that's when you win. That's when family, you got that family feel, man.
1: That's Brian Jordan, Joe Patrick as well. I'm Andy Bunker. We've got one segment coming up remaining here believe it or not on the spring training show we're going to try to get to as many things as possible how many legitimate MVP candidates are on the roster what's going to happen at the back end of the rotation some news from today as well Soroka threw the ball Fulton Avich threw the ball Uh, a lot to get to in the final 20 minutes so don't go anywhere on the spring training show brought to you by Atlanta peach movers there's no tree in our name we'll be right back on sports radio 92.9 the game Studios on your home for tonight's Hawks Magic Game tip-off at 6. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game.
2: Atlanta Sports Radio
1: 92.9, The Game.
0: Oh, is here.
1: And Andy Bunker, Brian Jordan, and Joe Patrick are live from Florida with exclusive coverage.
0: Brought to you by Atlanta Peach Movers.
1: There's no tree in our name. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. All right, final segment for us here on the Spring Training Show for today. We're back tomorrow night from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. We will have seen much more baseball by then, going to the game today, and then we'll go to the game tomorrow afternoon as well. So plenty to talk about tomorrow night here on the Spring Training Show. Your coverage live from Orlando, Florida with uh, me and Brian Jordan and Joe Patrick, all brought to you by Atlanta Peach Movers. There's no tree in our name. We've got about 10 minutes left, fellas. Uh, There's still plenty of stuff that we haven't been able to get to again. We'll get to a lot more tomorrow night as well. One thing I definitely want to mention, or one player I want to mention, is the fact that we got to see Christian Pache yesterday. He's been sort of the talk of spring training. He's batting like four seventy <laughs> in in the Grapefruit League. He was fun to watch yesterday, wasn't he, Brian? He was a lot of fun, and this is a guy that you know, just probably last
2: year or two years ago, everybody talked about Christian Pache. This guy, he's a great defensive outfielder, but he lacks power, and all of a sudden he goes to the Arizona League, and he wins the MVP, I believe, and he's Bombing out there. Mm -hmm. And we saw him yesterday. I mean, this guy has some size. He is physically
0: impressive. But (laughs) to see
2: him run down balls out in center field and, you know, he made a great catch yesterday against the Yankees. I saw it on ESPN. He ran back and made a great, I mean, phenomenal catch. This kid is, to me, defensively major league ready. But, you know, they say they're going to give him a chance to continue to develop in the minor leagues. Watching him swing. Against some of those guys, all spring training. I mean, this guy looks like he's ready to play for big time, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's only played 29 games at Double A and and never above that. He's only played a Double A or a Single A, so um, it's quite impressive how fast and how drastic the improvements he's making are. It reminds me of I think Andrew Jones came out of Double A when he came through the system. He was one of those prospects, and I'm not trying to say say that they're living. They're you know, Pache has to live in those shoes, but. Right. Um, it does kind of remind me the speed of him coming through. Uh, it's, it's really impressive.
2: I was one of those guys that, of course, I had football as my hammer, but I didn't play a lot of minor league games mm-hmm. and and probably played 30 games one year, 30 games the next, 30 the next. Next thing you know, I found myself in, at the major league level. And if you're an athlete, you make adjustments, you can do it. And. And watching him yesterday and watching him all spring training, following this guy, and talking to the coaching staff about him, everybody is raving about this kid. And he is impressive every time he gets on the field. We saw him hit hit a double down the left field line yesterday. He can drive the ball the other way. And he we saw him hit some bombs over that green monster mm-hmm. in batting practice. Yep. So this is why Alex Anthopoulos – Holds on to the young guys because he's a guy that everybody mentioned in trade. Everybody wanted him. But Alex is
1: saying no. No, because he could be
2: the next Acuna.
1: Now, I wanted to ask you about that because we're sitting there yesterday watching batting practice. Um, Pache is hitting bombs uh, over that monster in left field. They they got the mini monster at JetBlue. It's, yeah. act- it's actually pretty it's cool. cool. I like as, yeah. it. As yeah. irritating as the Red Sox are, it was actually pretty cool to, <laughs> to see all that. Um, Austin Riley's out there just hitting missiles over the top of that thing, and we got to see him play a little bit yesterday. Didn't. Didn't have a great game at the plate. but well, You're facing Sale, facing man. Not Sale. a lot of people. You're going up against Chris. Chris and Chris Sale was dealing yesterday. Oh, he my looked goodness. Out. He looked like he's ready to go. And then we also got a chance to uh, watch Ryan Lemaire. Ryan Lemaire was hitting, hitting balls in batting practice as well. And he's got some pop about him. So I don't want to overblow what we saw in, in batting practice. But I mean, you could certainly speak to that. I mean, how much can you take out of actually watching these guys sit there and, and hit balls like that?
2: Well, watching him take batting practice. It got my attention. I went over to Walt Weiss. I'm like, hear this guy? The the ball coming off the bat was just loud. Yeah, I'm like, who is this guy? And he said, hey, he he played with the White Sox. And he goes into the game yesterday, and he hits two missiles to the shortstop, and then he gets a single to left field. He runs well. He has a great arm. He's a good defensive outfielder. So caught me by surprise. But he's a guy. I mean, you look at Adam Duvall. Everybody's sitting there wondering when is he going to break out. And honestly, guys, it's tough for an everyday player get relegated to a bench role like he did last year. He's a power hitter in Cincinnati, one of the best players on that team. We get him. Coming off the bench is not his forte. Mm -hmm. You know, he did not look good all year, and then so far in spring, he hasn't been impressive. So you look at a guy like Lamar. uh could he be the next guy off the bench? Yeah. So, I think there's a contest that nobody's talking about. But the pressure's on Adam Duvall to perform well in these next couple of weeks. And
0: it's interesting because we're seeing a glut of outfielders kind of, you know, you've got a good amount of them with major league experience. And how many of those guys can you carry? You know, it's, right. it's going to be a decision that the staff will have to make as to, you know, who they who they want to go forward with. And, and you know, a guy like Duvall, he was brought in with pretty low risk, a, a trade deadline deal that wasn't the you know, there wasn't a whole lot invested in that. So it will be interesting to see what decisions they make and, and how that sets them up going forward.
2: The great thing about all of this, we continue to talk about our young talent and who Alex has brought in. You look at the competition in that outfield. Now, after the first month of the season, you continue to evaluate these guys. It could be Pache start out great in double-A. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Enciarte starts out slow. You know, now your evaluation process is coming to grips on, okay, now we're ready to make a deal that's out there for a number one pitcher, for a closer at the time. So I like what Alex is doing. I mean, I know the fans are saying we didn't do enough for this offseason. Sure. Mm-hmm. They're not spending money. But Alex, after I guarantee you after a month into the season, he'll know what he's going to do for the future of this team, oh, I uh, think organization.
1: The, I think the flip side of not spending money is there's not that financial commitment to a lot of the guys that are the assumed opening day starters. Like, you got Mark playing in right field. It's a $4 million contract. Right. If he does not do what he did last year, there's a lot of young guys, like you mentioned. Well, $6 passe. million dollar contract. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it wasn't, it's not a huge deal that you have to be like, all right, we put all this money out right, there. we right. got to keep him out there. Um The same thing with Duvall. There's a chance. Duvall's not hitting the baseball this spring. There's a chance he doesn't even make the opening day roster. So you've got all of these young guys, all of this competition behind them. You've got the assumed opening day starters. I think we, for the most part, think we know who those guys are going to be. But like you said, Brian, that first month is also going to be another competition where if you've got these young guys behind him hitting the ball, look, even Camargo. Camargo's out there playing right field yesterday and looking pretty good. If, If he's batting significantly significantly better than Mark Hakus is, there's going to come a point where you're playing too well not to be out there every single day, and hopefully we see guys like Camargo make that decision hard for, for Snicker.
2: And the thing that Braves fans don't know or understand, it's still a process for our young guys. And Alex Anthopoulos is not afraid to throw our young guys in the mix at the big league level. We saw what happened last year, the success we had – so you're right. We got Nick Barkakis for basically 6 million, 4 million base, but with a 2 million buyout next year, that's that 6 right. million. He know he's going to get that. But it also says to Alex, that's not an expensive right. contract. So if we say hey goodbye or whatever and we're going to move these young guys into play, it's not a bad move
0: for the organization. And by playing those young guys, I think now we're seeing a discrepancy between the Braves, what they're spending in payroll because those young guys are cheap, versus the actual talent that they have, which they have a boatload of. Yes. So, so, and it's not always like that in baseball. Lots of times, you're paying for production. So, it's really interesting, you know. And that's I think fans are upset because they see, oh, you know, we have a lower payroll this year, or, or or we have money to spend, or we should have money to spend. But really, if you look at the squad, there's so much talent there. I mean, even though it's not a expensive squad. It's so talented because it's so young, and like you said, Alex has been willing to put those guys in there.
2: But as a fan, you always want to see your organization spend a lot of money. Yes, you do. Bryce Harper, (laughs) McCutcheon, Ria Muto. New toys. I mean, yeah, new toys, (laughs) a lot of money, and they better produce because if they don't, now look at the Atlanta Braves. Not spending a lot of money, and they're back at the top
1: of the East great deal for the Braves. Right. You win, you justify it. Yes. Everybody, everybody stops chirping about the offseason. We've kind of stopped doing that anyway because spring training has come around. It's amazing what actual games do to mm-hmm. conversations. <laughs> we, we get sports and we forget about the offseason stuff. But the flip side of that is, if you don't, if you start slow and you know, with all the other competition that has uh, emerged in the NL East and you're not in that conversation midway through the summer, then some of that off season stuff comes back. Then people are upset that you didn't do anything in the off season. Um, we haven't talked much about this and I know we don't have a whole lot of time left. If, if there's, I'll, I'll mention mine. And then you guys, if you have one, a spot where there's actually concern, if you look at a, a position, you're like, huh, all right, I feel good about this. I feel good about that. I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. Um, to me it's catcher. I'm not exactly sure what catcher looks like best case scenario okay McCann flowers hopefully it it works out well, but I think there's also a chance and I think it's realistic that you know at some point they might have to do something there
0: to to me it's the closing role it, it, it's the it's the bullpen in general, but it is the closer you know like do you have that guy and and maybe the plan is not to have a, a quote-unquote closer, you know. As, as why, Joe? <laughs> why? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's not the but. I don't know, but I I, I do – that's the part where I have the most question marks is generally the bullpen and especially, you know, how much the bullpen is getting used now in, in baseball nowadays is increasing in importance. But that's for me where I'm not quite sold yet. I haven't quite seen it. To me, it is also the closer. Uh, we, we've we had
2: so many problems last year you know closer by committee you know there's no consistency there and if you're going to win a championship you got to have a closer that's going to come in at the end of the ball game and close the door uh yes we know Kimball's still out there uh there's still hope but also as you said we're we we did not get younger at catcher you look at every one of our positions you know yes donaldson we brought him in at third base but you got camargo a young kid who played there was awesome. Every position we're young at, fairly young, but catcher. And I know everybody wanted real Muto in the offseason. They wanted too much uh, of our young guys. Sure. And uh, I don't blame Alex for not making that deal. So that catching, catching position.
1: Joe. You're smart. That's <laughs> all say. You yeah, Joe right Smart, too. Joe Patrick. That's our uh, 92.9 The Game <laughs> Braves Insider. So that's it. Somehow we're done. Three hours. We're back tomorrow from seven to eleven. Randy McMichael and John Chuckery coming up next. So don't go anywhere on 92.9 The Game. We're going to go over to spring training and watch the Braves play some more baseball. We'll watch so baseball. We could continue to uh, bring you the coverage here from uh, from Orlando. Again, this has been our spring training show brought to you by Atlanta Peach Movers. There's no tree in our name. Thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow night again live from spring training right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome to The Taz Show with multi-time pro wrestling champion, celebrated color commentator, award-winning podcaster, and morning show host on CBS Sports Radio.
2: This is Taz, and we like it all in the world of sports entertainment, wrestling, and beyond with special guests and more. Listen anytime on demand at Radio.com. This show will always rock you to the core with strong opinions from yours truly. It's body slamming excitement, I
1: promise you. Download and subscribe to The Taz Show on the new Radio.com app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's In Your Podcast queue.